Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome back to another edition of the Stardust Press Podcast, where we stay getting fucked over. So, uh, we're going to watch the Sendai show with Oscar versus Hosh on it, but we ended up getting the wrong link, so we'll do that next week, hopefully. Uh, but we did watch the DDT Dio final show and the Dragon Gate, Open the Dream Gate championship match that happened in Cork and Hall. Um, but we do have a lot of questions, so we're not going to be you know, without much content to work with. We got we got quite a bit. We got, probably won't talk too long about the DDC show, but we'll talk long as far as questions-wise because we got a few ones that should be pretty solid. Um, so what I was looking for before we started this show, what I wanted to read to you, Ben, <laughs> was uh, from the Pro show. So uh, there's uh, this new Pro trainee named Nakamura. He was found in the uh, DDT uh, DD teen project uh, and he decided to I guess he got selected for or selected Gambari and they did this whole thing it was like oh he'll debuted at the 1227 Korokin and his first opponent and they played Sinutro Tomonaga's music so of course Tomonaga's the uh, first opponent so they so how Gonpro does like match announcements like that is they'll have both of them like in the ring and then they'll get to say a few words to like kind of build the match uh, you know, Nakamura is very respectful. It's like, yeah, Tomonaga's a veteran. Respect him. Uh, it's a perfect first match. So, Shinichiro Tomonaga grabs the mic. <laughs> he looks around. First, he, you know, he's talking truth. He's like, yeah, he's like my first. He's like, my debut opponent was El Generico. So, it's always good to have a good first opponent. I just want to keep in mind, the, the Ganjo <laughs> roster is outside the ring. And so is Imanari. But Imanari is the only one in the camera shot. You can hear, like, Yunamanase yelling in the background. But Imanar is the only one you can see in the corner behind Tomonaga, and he's just fucking hyped for this. So Tomonaga goes, pro wrestling is all about experience. Like my own experience when I was almost blinded as a result of an infection from a woman pissing on my face. (laughs) (laughs) What a guy. (laughs) Shinichiro Tomonaga is the greatest professional wrestler of all time. (laughs) He he really came out there and said, you know what, we've all been there. No, but the funny part is, is after he says it, because I found the part like where he actually says it, because I'm able to make out Jose and all that. Uh, after he says it, Imanari says, pound the man, like, yeah, fuck yeah! Hell yeah! Let him know! <laughs> he's, he's cheering like that. It's like the absolute hardest bar ever. Yeah, he's, he's spitting! Like... He's spitting! Let him know! It was like, yeah, we've been that. <laughs> and everybody's just dying of laughter. And it's it's the great. Shinichiro Tomonaga, he's the fucking man. <laughs> he's the man. But never, I, I, never a dull moment over a gumper. <laughs> no, they're always keeping us on our toes. They're, they're doing good stuff as always. So, um, Nana and you won the tag league. Uh, you mentioned that to me right before we started, which, good. Uh, that stardom card... I'm not gonna lie, if we have to skip some shows or some matches to make the requirement of all that first, like the end of December into the first week of January week of wrestling, we're definitely skipping that. That card's kind of eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind watching that much, but like everything else can can wait. Like. On that show, like, the card is kind of eh. Like, aggressively eh. The, like, 
and they made prominence versus Oda tie hardcore. And we talked about on the episode that hasn't released yet that how we didn't like that option. So they just decided to fucking do it. And it's not that like prominence are bad at hardcore wrestling, but this is Bushi Road hardcore. This is not like deathmatch. So it's going to like suck ass. <laughs> so yeah, uh, even though it's like a match that, you know, you want to see, but. And, you know, I understand the idea of stardom versus the world. However, no build in half of your roster who have been busting their ass all year have no direction or important spots on this card. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's kind of just like, oh shit, last show of the year. Let's The entirety of together. stars have had a crazy year and they're just facing each other. Mariah's had a really you good year, and up, but... she's just existing as well. There's just so many people in this company that's just existing on this final card that it's supposed to be a big show. It doesn't even matter if it's their equivalent of Wrestle Kingdom or not. It's a big show, and it does not feel as such. Yeah, they need to hopefully in the new year go and let everybody. I do was talking. Something. I was talking with someone. I won't say names just in case they don't want that backlash or anything. They know who they are. Stardom's gonna have to come out swinging next year. You can say they're the second biggest company in Japan, but as far as the second half of the year goes, Dragon Gate and TJPW are stomping them out. They are running them over and just stomping on them. They're gonna have to come out swinging if they're gonna have this definitive claim which I kind of find it funny last year we were talking about it how like people were very upset that Dragon Gate got ranked like second biggest promotion in Japan but that's mostly because they run a lot of live events because they go to like the biggest of boonies there is in Japan just so everybody can see wrestling Mm. and then we fast forward a year and they're just fucking dog walking stardom (laughs) second half of the year Uh, like it's crazy. Like we're gonna talk about Dragon Gate later, but I'll just go ahead and mention it now because I was talking with uh, Scott E yesterday. Because I was like, Dragon Gate's like business right now is like genuinely insane. Like they ran the same venue as Stardom for Edion Arena Osaka when uh, Stardom ran Saya versus Kyrie and uh, Utami versus Shiri, and Dragon Gate ran limited capacity because they wanted cheering, and they like, and just dog them by like 800 <laughs> it's it's crazy that's like, a limited compass- capacity as well. yeah no and it's not like i love dragon gate but stardom definitely has bigger stars like both internationally and in japan than dragon gate but they just got dog walk because i mean yoshioka's a draw <laughs> what can i say uh it's i mean it's... it doesn't help that like towards the end of the year as well stardom have really not been doing that much to at least in my opinion, capture interest because they're I running Shuri that, and Utami and Shuri and Julia all the time. I think this is my hot take for the episode. Tag leagues at the end of the year is the quickest off button for a promotion that you can have, in my opinion. Because it's the end of the year. Everybody knows your big shows are at the end of the year and in the January. You're not going to keep them interested with tag leagues unless you make it really, really, really exciting. Most people are not interested in tag wrestling because there's a lot of companies that don't know how to do tag wrestling. That's just how it is. That's just a majority of companies. One of them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like just a majority of companies. Like even New Japan, they don't know. Like other than like the juniors, because they kind of get the idea for a blueprint of what they want to do. 
there's not many companies that know how to do tag wrestling and do it good. So it's just kind of like, eh. it becomes like me. You've talked about this before, but the worst thing about tag matches in current wrestling is they become two singles matches and not an actual tag match with both teams working together as one. And that just shines in tag leagues. <laughs> like, especially now it's just shines. So it's kind of like, eh, um, but yeah, uh, you and non A one, so they'll be challenging Meltair at the uh, final show. Which I don't know why people are still complaining about non A. It's stupid. Literally, this tag league was to spotlight you and like non A's just kind of being her support, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I did like when the Tam and uh, Poi came out singing non A's old um, idol group. Yeah, song. she started singing, and you was like, "I'll fucking kill you if you sing." I promise. <laughs> I think that's the biggest heel move ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's fantastic. But yeah, I don't know. The card is just not something I'm interested in. I'm sure a lot of diehard fans love the card. I, I've saw like different opinions on both ends. Uh, we really can't speak because we're not like, I guess you can say true modern stardom fans. Like we're like old heads who like the older stuff. So like we're not true. We're not monitoring their every move like we may have used to in the past. So it's like yeah, maybe maybe if they bring back Rebel Cow, then yeah, maybe that'll be different. You bring back Rebel but... Cow, you finish your high speed Grand Prix, you bring back uh, Zoe Sky and Layla Hirsch, we'll be cooking. We'll be yeah. cooking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that for stardom. But I just wanted to mention, I was like, oh yeah, we haven't talked about their card. I think it really got finalized within the last week. It might have been the night of the day we last recorded. So, Sounds uh, about right for stardom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, the rumor in innuendo is Sasha Banks showing up at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, which Give you mean... me my Sasha Banks versus Tam Nakano match. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I believe I think she'll definitely go to the show, but I 100% still believe she's going back to the WWE. Oh yeah, no, she's probably I just going have, just to watch the show. That's I it. don't have any faith. Listen, Sasha Banks is a very, very talented wrestler. Literally one of the best. However, she has proven time and time again there's no dog inside her, and she ultimately goes back to WWE every time. So she's got to prove me wrong. That's just one of those things where she's got to prove me wrong. Until she is stood in that ring facing wrestling, Tam. Re- until she stood in a ring in Japan and she's wrestling not for WWE, she's not going to prove anything to me. So Yeah, I, I fully believe Tom is going to win the, um, the Kyrie title. I don't. <laughs> it's I just happening. want Sasha versus Tom. It is not happening. Sasha versus Kyrie. We've seen that before. Kyrie's going to fucking dog walk Tam. I promise you. Kyrie is going to take Tam out back like old Yeller and put her out of her misery. It's going to be <laughs> crazy. I'm going to love it. I think this like, whole... Oh, you remember that white belt run? <laughs> I think this entire Kyrie run should be her just ripping through everybody with no remorse. I don't want to see any respect. Oh, yeah. I just want to see her just be the dirt worse. So whenever they eventually take the title off her, the person gets like a big, big moment. Yeah, give me uh, Kabuki Warriors Kyrie before she got fucked up by Nia Jax. Yeah, listen, that Kabuki Warriors one was actually sick as shit. Honestly, yeah, that like, was, I was still the only thing like that was interesting the... me in WWE. As yeah, well, I would like go check out their stuff, and I was like, damn, they're kind of cooking. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, which I mean, Oscar like single handedly carried WWE during the No People era. So yeah, 
because she's mm-hmm. loud enough to be an entire crowd. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's true. And now look at her; she's wrestling a, a good old pal EO, and it's kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, only WWE <laughs> could make that not exciting. Yeah, like honestly, I'm the biggest fan of like Oscar and EO, and they're making it kind of just I don't. That's just what it. WWE does; they make wrestlers <laughs> like. Or they just make matches uninteresting for everyone involved, no matter your attachment. Yeah, like, their match anyway could get anybody, like, hyped up. But just the way that they've done it with everybody else involved, it's kind of like, Yeah. I don't need to see Alexa Bliss. Love Dakota Kai. I don't need her here either. I just need the singles, let them go crazy, drop each other on their heads, and call it a day. Yeah, plus, you know, Asuka's been at it for a while. They've both been at it for a while, but Asuka's clocking on a little bit. Yeah, she's... She she ain't got much time left. Yeah. Io, at least, is still relatively young. Like, Asuka's already in her 40s. Like, he better hurry it up. Um, I don't know if there's, like, 10 years between them or what, but... Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um... Anything? Oh yeah, they like wrestling observer newsletter like Hall of Fame came out. And, like, I don't know. People are very upset that Naito is a Hall of Famer and CM Punk isn't when Naito's the most popular wrestler out of Japan of the modern day. <laughs> I listen. I I like CM Punk, but. Naito wrestles house shows that are more packed than CM Punk's like biggest <laughs> venues he's drawn. It's <laughs> like there's levels to this, okay? You gotta you, listen. The argument of what has Naito done sell merch? Yeah, that's called yeah, that's called drawing business, son. Yeah, you, you gotta you do go that. Into, you go into a supermarket in Japan, you're gonna see Naito's face there. You don't see CM Punk in fucking Walmart or whatever you call it. Yeah, you're not, like, people, no. Like, CM Punk is a gigantic star in America, but in Japan, he's nothing. Naito's a big star everywhere. That's just how it is. And you'd be lying to say he isn't. (laughs) So, I mean, it's (laughs) obvious he's in the Hall of Fame. Bushiotti also made the cut, which I understand. Uh, Makes sense. He won, like, G1, like, I think twice or three times, something like that. Um... then I know Holy Demon Army made it, which that's fucking crazy that they are not in this already. <laughs> like, Taui and the Water are like the tag team of 90s All Japan, and they're just like, which is like highly regarded as like the best time in pro wrestling ever in the best company. And they're just not in it <laughs> until now, which is crazy. But I know they're in it. A few other people made it, but I saw like the percentages and. I already know that, like, white people have ruined Japanese wrestling because, like, Ishii has more Hall of Fame votes than fucking Shima, which is insane. Like, Ew. <laughs> you take away Ishii, okay, you miss out on a few good Shibata matches and a good match here and there. You take away Shima, you're, like, taking away the foundation of multiple companies. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> somebody who's actually needed for history. Ishii, not so much. Um but next year's like ballot on the Japan side of things could be very close. It's like Shingo, Shima, uh, Ishii, Hayabusa. So it's like it, it could be very, very Hayabusa's close. Hayabusa's not in there already. No, which surprising. which I understand because realistically Hayabusa didn't have a long run. If you think about it, 
But in uh, terms of legacy. Yeah, legacy I get. Surprising. But yeah, I understand that. But, like, he didn't have a long run. And, like, most of his matches were, like, the where his best stuff was was FMW. Not a lot of people remember much of his stuff. It's mostly, like, oh, they fucking did, like, some exploding death match in, like, the ocean or something. <laughs> and, like... So, like, I kind of understand, but legacy-wise, yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, I think we're going to touch on everything that needs to be touched on. Um, yeah, I think so, because I'm pretty sure we tackled the uh, Noah. Yeah, we tackled the Noah stuff last week, so. Uh, let's get into this DDT show, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it was the uh, Dio Grand Prix final in Corican Hall. We had a, it sure was. We we had a big seven hundred and eleven people in there. It's a decent amount. Yeah, that match we had a six-person tag. <laughs> six-person tag with uh, Hideki Okutani, Karu Machida, and Masami Takao versus Takeshi Masada, Yuki Yoshida, and Yuya Kuroku. Okay. My take on this match is the money feud for the future for DDT, if they're smart enough, is Hideki Okatani versus Yuya Kuroko. Those boys were going at it. And it makes sense because they both wrestle a very, very I don't want to say old style because it's not they, they don't they're not wrestling the old style, but they're very, very stiff with each other, which makes sense if you look at, you know, Okatani's being brought up by Sakaguchi and then he was also trained a little bit by Akiyama. And then, of course, Yuya is Akiyama's current project. So it makes sense them being, I don't want to say wrestling an old All Japan style, but sort of, kind of. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I don't really remember this match. Yeah, Soma Takao was one, so it was like, whatever. Yeah, I just remember Soma Takao being there, and then that was it. <laughs> yeah, he won. And he had, like, the belt he won from, like, Chikara because, like, they were, they were, all I remember about the match that he had with Chikara, Chikara is like aggressively a bad wrestler, but um, he was just like, he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to take your, I'm going to take your belt and I'm going to take your wife. <laughs> I said, yeah, you let him know. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was them thighs, honestly, that probably took the wife. No, he was like, I'm, he said, I'm coming for your belt and your muscle wife, so you better bring her. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, shout out Soma Takao for winning. Yeah. Big, big dub for him. Uh, the next match, we had a football match. It's a soccer match on cage match, so that's illegal for me to say as a British person. Yeah. Um, with pheromones, we had uh, Yuki Ino. I'm waiting for you to correct me. Uh, why are you waiting on correct? If you know what it is, you just say the, it. That's, that's the shtick. <laughs> Fine. So it's Yuki Sexy Eno. And uh, Don Shaku Dan... Dandy Dino. Yeah, and uh, I think Imanari was there as well. He somehow oh, got what? into this match, and I don't know how. Because <laughs> he, he just somehow got inserted. Oh. Uh, but yeah, they were facing the team of uh, Akito and oh God Antonio Honda. <laughs> yeah, this match happened, and yeah, sure, sure was. Uh, Pheromones won three two on penalties. 
Uh, I have no fucking idea what was happening in this match. I just remember Imanari being there. I just and... know I wish Antonio Honda <laughs> would stop being on shows. That's, yeah, can you, know. can you stop booking Honda against people that I like? <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, Fairmont, uh, Dino announced a few matches for his uh, produce show. I think it's Shinjuku Face, maybe, because they do the beer garden and stuff there. Uh, one of them is uh, Shinma versus Naruki Doi, which that should be good. Oh, that does sound good. Uh, the next match we had a six-man tag with the uh, burning team of Tatsuya Endo, Yusuke Okada, and Kataru Suzuki versus Sona Kamina's Mao, Shunma, and Toy Kojima. Shots out! Yeah, I don't know. It just makes me smile seeing Kotaro Suzuki wrestle everywhere. <laughs> yeah, this one's having the time of his life. Yeah, Kotaro Suzuki. You know what sucks is. Kotar Suzuki is objectively like probably top ten greatest junior heavyweight wrestlers of all time, and he'll just never be seen as such. Especially not now that we're in an era where, especially in New Japan, that everything's more accessible to everybody. So we'll just be erasing people's legacies and just filling them with lies, like all oh, this person's the greatest ever or something. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like he's really underappreciated. By... Yeah, dudes, dudes like so good. He, and it's yeah. crazy because, like, sometimes it'll just like he's not trying and then he's just having, like, the best match of the night. <laughs> <laughs> he's just not trying and he's just good. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? One, I enjoyed this match a lot. Two, I really enjoy the Yusuke, Kotaro, and Endo Trio, which we'll talk more about them later. Uh, I thought I really liked it. This is a crazy finishing stretch. So Kotaro hits Excalibur, which is his... Uh, spinning pile driver but he didn't spin this time he just like dropped toy straight up and then out of nowhere out of the side of the screen Yusuke Okada comes flying with a diving headbutt and then Endo does the shooting star press I was like he's some fucked fuckers right here uh, but, <laughs> they were uh, going crazy for no reason in like a third match of the night hey there's no days off I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a nice little win good to see Kotaro and back in burning but this time in the DDT rendition would like to see him team up with the Yuya and the younger and fresh some of the younger members of the roster should be more fun is he doing more um DDT shows I feel like I've seen that somewhere yes he they challenge for the six man belts later thought so yeah isn't he meant to be facing Endo at some point no, that's Ida at the uh, Tokyo Gorontai show. Ah, uh, that's what I saw. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how I got those confused, but... It's the E. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, next match was another six-man tag, Jesus Christ. Um, we had Disaster Box, Kazuki Hirata, and Toru Uwashi, and Naruki Doi versus Harashima, Kazumasumi, and Yukio Sakaguchi. I had the time of my life watching this. <laughs> Kazuki Hirata should probably be the world champion of this company, actually. I, I've decided that. He's... I don't know, man. I feel like if Kazuki Hirata wasn't in this company, these undercards would be a lot more unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a good guy to have, because one, he's a good wrestler. Two, he's the perfect person to be bullied. I like the part where... Uh, he tags in. So, uh, Sumi 
he originally was in the Dragon Gate dojo, but he ended up at the DDT dojo, so it was cool. He got his little moment with Doi and all that. Uh, but uh, Harada comes in, goes for the axe bomber on uh, Sumi, but since Harada takes fucking forever, <laughs> Sumi tags on Sakaguchi, so uh, Harada's running off the ropes to come for the axe bomber, and then Sakaguchi's just standing there, so he just slides on his knees and, like, bows. He's just like, second thought, maybe not. Oh. <laughs> uh, I uh, absolutely love this. But, uh, of course, the KOD six-man tag champions win, and then that's when the uh, burning team comes out. So Harada tries to cut a promo, and each time he's trying to cut, they just, like, interrupt him. First, he got interrupted by burning's music, and then he tried to say something, and then Endo started talking to Doi while he was talking. <laughs> and Please then, just let this man speak. And then, they, and then when he finally got to talk, Naruki Doi threw him out the ring to accept the challenge. <laughs> so, uh, TDC Hall is going to be Awashi Hirata and Doi versus uh, Indo Okada and Kotaro Suzuki. Which, honestly, the I belts, think, the belts might that change. Be a fun one. Oh, yeah, it should be a fun one. It might change there. You we'll never see. Know, hopefully. I don't know. I think the burning team could make pretty good six months. I like both teams. It's like one of those rare situations in the KLD six man matches where there's not like a person that sticks out that goes, I hate this person. <laughs> like I like everybody. Usually in this match. it's Antonio Honda. Yeah, he's always finding himself in these matches. And I don't know why. So you know. Yeah, that's usually quite annoying. No, that should be that should be fun. Doi and uh, Kotar had a lot of fun exchanges whenever they did the Peros and Gold Class Triangle Gate match earlier this year. So it should do more stuff. Uh, the next match was the DDT Extreme Title match, uh, which was in a TLC rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Janela, the champion, versus Jun Akiyama. The only thing I remember is Jun Akiyama being like, I literally have no idea what a TLC match is. And the then he just started killing did. them. <laughs> he just starts killing Joey Janela. Yeah, I only remember the table spot, which I thought was like pretty cool, but yeah. that's about it. Yeah, that's usually the story for Joey Janela's matches, but hey, Jun Akiyama won the extreme title, which that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Uh, I feel he like actually he's won quite a lot in DDT since being there. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Like title he's... wise. Yeah, he's he's relatively protected. Um, he actually had a belt that he introduced back in Noah a few years ago, which y'all should listen to the uh, Kickout Two Nine Nine episode on the GHC Hardcore Openweight Title. It was this white belt that he introduced with the rules that you know it's essentially the same as the extreme where. They propose rules and people would vote on them and all that. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of funny that he holds the extreme title, which is basically the same thing. So uh, hopefully he gets a long run. He's facing Super Sasa Dango Machine, and I just have no reason to believe that Junakiyama loses to fucking Super Sasa Dango Machine. So I mean, when I saw that this match was announced, I was like, "There's no way Junakiyama is losing to fucking Joey Janela." Oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, dude, there's no way. If they do this, I'm not watching DDT again. <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest slap in the face to fans would be having Joey Janela beat Jun Akiyama. Yeah, we, we probably would have ended wrestling after that, so... Sorry, wrestling's over now. <laughs> I I can't wait till Jun Akiyama ends up facing Sasaki in a hardcore match. He's going to get tricked into this. <laughs> Joey Janela um, is willing to take all oh, the spots. Sasaki will make Akiyama do these spots yeah. with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, the like 
second to last match on the card. It was eight-man tag. We had the Damnation TA team, Daisuke Sasaki, Cannon, uh, Minoru Fujita, and MJ Paul versus Chris Brooks, uh, Kazusada Higuchi, Yuji Hino, and Ricky Shane Page for some reason. Watching this match, I realized... Practically everybody in this match but Higuchi are directionless. <laughs> like, legitimately. <laughs> like, they all have, like, nothing to do. Uh, which is kind of crazy. But I thought this match was really, You know, I thought this match was good. It's one of the better Damnation TA outings as a team. Because uh, they really just, like, stuck to work in for the most part of this match. Hmm. Uh, which is fun. I, I just love any time Damnation faces Yuji Hino. It's always a good time. Because, you know, he's an ex-member and all that. Uh, so he just so you you know just comes in the ring and unprovoked just goes and chops MJ Paul because he likes. Him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this. I would love if you know Yuji Hino like won stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, I didn't hate this match. It was a fine bridge between title well title match and the final match. Yeah, it was a nice little bridge like, to have. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Nice it was story, just yeah. giving Higuchi a win so he could go backstage and cut that promo. I was like, man, I don't know who's going to win this final. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which, yeah, nothing wrong with it. You can skip it. You can watch it. Speaking like. of which, um, MJ Paul and Daisuke Sasaki are going to be on Takataichi Mania facing Desperado and a mystery partner. I hope it's Starlight Kid. Yeah, Starlight Kid versus MJ Paul. We're fucking cooking over here, baby. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He's gonna fucking just squash her, <laughs> just fall on top of her. That's it. Her career is over. That's that's just the end of the match. <laughs> Goes thirty seconds. Uh, and then that brings us to uh, the uh, Dio Grand Prix final match, which was Yuki Ino uh, versus Yukio Naya, which. I'll say it's pre- hell. <laughs> pretty okay. I thought it was pretty solid. It wasn't like anything that I'll recommend or anything. It was solid, but I will say the crowd was really into it, especially in the spots that Nia looked like he was about to win. I will give them props for that, though. So yeah, I mean, uh, the crowd was really into him, so I understand. Uh, yeah, I was watching this match. I to be fair, I did like the first like ten, fifteen minutes of the match, yeah, and then I found myself uh, pressing skip through the ending stretch. Dog, I was playing TW while I played on my TV, so, like, I don't remember the ending stretch. <laughs> All I know is uh, they have a lot of close calls at the end, and Uno eventually hits the BME to get the win. Uh, so at the press conference, he formally made his challenge, so it'll be him and Higuchi at TDC Hall. So I said this on Twitter. I would have been totally happy and okay with this if Yuki Uno wasn't the DDT Universal Champion. Uh, there's just no need to over-push a bunch of people. Uh, you That Universal title could be helping somebody find their place in DDT right now. Or Maybe just, Yuki Onaya. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Or, like, helping them find their place in DDT or just rewarding somebody for being good all year. Just... Literally doing anything, but now it's, it's it kind of feels like a prop now. It's less of a championship to me now and more of a prop since it just kind of existed while Yuki and you know, went on this quest to be the winner of Dio Grand Prix and go win the KOD point title. It just kind of exists. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't mind Ueno versus... Um... No, I, I think the match is good. Yeah. I think the match is good, and I would have been all for Ueno winning the whole thing if he wasn't champion. It just it's it makes the universal title seem lesser, which yeah. I understand it is, but you at least try to keep up the illusion that it is an important belt. It's not so important. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with this, they could have at least, if they did want to go with Naya, that's just another... They could have, because he beat Higuchi. He beat Higuchi, and the match was really, really good, so they definitely could have went back to that if they wanted to. Yeah, because that makes more sense, but... Yeah, but, you know... Not that, like, I mean, I think Ueno versus Higuchi is going to be a good match, but it doesn't really need to happen. Yeah, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Higuchi retains. Um... But you know, is what it is. Is the what I what we said to each other before we got on here is this final was a big nothing show. Nothing was bad, but there was nothing happening or worth to keep like worth watching to keep us interested. Uh, it was just okay, which is not great for a final show. But the TDC Hall show looks good, so hopefully that'll redeem it. Yeah, I mean, I could have done without watching this show, but we didn't have many options this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, on to uh, Dragon Gate. So they held their show in Cork and Hall. Uh, we watched the Open the Dream Gate Championship match, but before we get to that, I'll mention something that happened earlier in the night. So High End, along with uh, Yamato's Dokis, uh, Takashi Yoshida, Mandaryu, they actually got the win over Zebrats after... Uh, they look like the Z-Brats were not taking the match serious at all. They were kind of dominating. And then Cyber Kong can... I think Cyber Kong's probably my favorite multi-tag wrestler in Dragon Gate because on singles-wise, singles, singles wise, he's like whatever. But in multi-man situations, he's just such a perfect person to have because he just fits in so well, especially being a power wrestler. Uh, but he turns it up. He beats Kai with the Cyber Bomb, and he kind of tells Yamato, you know, if... You know, me and me if me and Monchon can't fucking join this group, we'll just help you whenever you need to. Just call us. <laughs> um, and Yamato was like, "All right, Yamato and Dragon like, yeah, that's cool." And then Shun was just like, "That proved nothing. Kaien still fucking sucks. Y'all, they didn't even join. Y'all suck." And they just start jumping them. Hulk hits while everybody's brawling. Hulk hits Yamato with the EVO, and he's setting up for the uh, uh, first flash, and then. Legend Falconry plays for the first time in years. And out comes Shingo Takagi. He gets in the ring and he kind of lets everybody know. He's like, yeah, he's like, I saw this poster while on tour with New Japan. And it was promoting the final gate in Fukuoka Kokusai Center. And I decided I'll come make a mess of things since I'm not as busy as I was last year. You see, last year I won Tokyo Sports MVP. Uh, I was IWGP world champion, but this year I've got nothing going on. Uh, he said, I'm, I just turned 40 last month and I'm single. So of course I've got nothing going on on Christmas. So I'll come make a mess of things back here in dragon gate and I'll come to the final gate. So he originally said he wanted to reform the old Takayama team with Yamato to do it one last time. But Yamato, he kind of looked defeated. He looked up at Shingo and asked him if he remembered what he promised him that they would fight one more time or fight again before both of them turn 40. They're both 40 and he's like, he's more interested in fighting them. 
Shingo's like, all right, that's cool with me. He was like, mm, who's going to be my partner? So he starts singing for a minute, and then he just goes, ah, my Doki Hulk. Why don't you team with me? And BB Hulk was like, I'm not sure if this is the Shingo Takaki I hate, but it is a ghost that does look like Shingo Takaki, so I'll make it happen. <laughs> um, so I so this is the next part I love. So he asked Yamato, who's his tag partner going to be? Is it going to be one of his classmates like Shingo's is? Then Punch Tobinaga's music hits, and Shingo loves Punch Tobinaga. Let me just put it like that. He loves bullying Paul. Punch. So Punch gets him, and he even made a promise that if Punk ever decided to retire, he would come back and be in the retirement match. Uh, Punch comes to the ring, and before he even grabs the mic, Shingo just hits him with a pumping bomber, and he's like, "All right, that's done." <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes, "Who's your partner?" And Yamato it was just like, "I could pick one of my classmates, but I want to know if there's anybody in the young generation who wants to take this chance to step up and team with me to face Hulk and Shingo." Uh, there was nobody for a minute, and then out comes Madoka Kikuda. He gets in the ring. He gets in the ring. He'll go, he goes. I, I'll gladly represent the young generation and team with you, Yamato. <laughs> there's a funny. There's a funny part in there where he's like, "Yeah, Yamato-san, Hulk, Takagi-san," and then Hulk's like, "Wait a fucking minute! You better add that son." <laughs> so he does it again, and like Shinko's giving him the thumbs up when he does it. He just goes, "Yamato-san, Takagi-san." Hulk, and then Hulk's just over here throwing a fit. <laughs> uh, it's really good. So, Yamato accepts. So, at the final gate in Fukuoka, Shingo Takagi and BB Hulk, former tag team partners, Shin Hulk, also former rivals, uh, they'll be taking on Yamato and Madoka Kikuda. And man, Dragon Gate gave this show away for free. Just want to keep that in mind. Uh, so, the reasoning they gave this show away for free is one, it's a part of their friend fan appreciation campaign but also uh it was a big push from yuki yoshioka because he had a defense for this show and yoshioka said he wanted as many people to see him in the main event as possible so he was like we should make this free um which brings us to the main event masaki mochizuki versus yuki yoshioka open the dream gate championship and man, what a match. Uh, this one match is probably better than the entire DDT show we just watched. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, if you don't think that, like, um, Yuki is, like, wrestler of the year, then you're crazy. He'll probably have my award, because you gotta think, not only did he have this performance, he has another title defense at the end of the year. So this dude's gone crazy. Only, only on the way up from here. Yeah. Uh, Masaki Mochizuki has been one of the best wrestlers in the world for like the past 15 years so I'm glad that more people because you know a lot of the spots went viral on Twitter like uh, where Yuki Yoshioka hits the frog splash and he tries to go for the cover but Mochizuki gets up and punches him in the face so he so he can't cover him because he's desperate yeah uh, that went viral which I'm not surprised at because that was an incredible spot yeah it was so galaxy brain like I said Mochizuki's been one of the best forever so I'm glad he's getting some appreciation um, just there was a lot of good little things in this match that just made it so. It probably it's probably Yuki's best defense. I'll put it right above the Yamato one, just because I don't want to say that Yamato didn't try, but Mochizuki, he's such a good wrestler. It seems like he was trying to come up with logical things how they can get from point A to point B as the match progressed, and it was just really really good. Um, there's even a spot in this match where uh, Yuki hits, I'm going to say it's the superplex, and 
Mochizuki gets right up and then it closes up on Yuki's face and he's just smiling because he's welcoming the challenge and it's just oh such such good stuff. After a few frog splashes, Yuki finally gets the done and gets his fourth defense. Uh, he thanks Mochizuki uh, after the match and Mochizuki is just like, I'm gonna go back to being an overprotective dad, so you can just do whatever. I don't care. <laughs> and he just goes, also one thing, you're going to eventually get beaten. So have some fun and enjoy yourself. You don't need to be serious all the time. And then he just leaves. <laughs> uh, so Yoshioka is standing in the ring. He makes his fourth successful defense. Um, and he's standing there with Kikuda and Daya. And somebody delivers him a package. And he just goes, oh, okay, sure. So he opens the package and he gives the microphone to Daya. And he, there's a note inside and he just asks Daya to read it while he looks inside of it. So it says, on December 25th at Fukuoka Kokusai Center, your next challenger is me. And then Daya gasps. He goes, oh! And then he gets close to Yuki as Yuki's pulling out this golden rose and goes, chiki, chiki, chiki. And then the Dragon Gate theme song plays. It's like a very comedy show moment. And Yuki's just looking around. He's so confused. He's Wrestling like, is literally just a, a soap opera. I loved it. It was so, so good. You see facial expressions afterwards on the music. It was so crazy. And, of course, that means that Ben K has proposed his challenge for the Open the Dream Gate Championship. I loved everything about this. The match was fantastic. The post-match was the icing on the cake. This this was a great, great show for Dragon Gate. I loved this. Um, which, the final gate in... Fukuoka is looking really, really good with the top two matches being Ben versus Yuki and then the Shingo return tag, which is it's crazy top two matches, actually. Um, right now, nobody else is challenged for any belts. Um, they have another free show on the 9th, or not the 9th, the 11th. Uh, it's UT's homecoming show, uh, but also they have like a double main event with uh, Ultimo versus Dragon Kid and then... Uh, Koda and Ben versus Daya and Yuki, which that's crazy to be given away for free. But um, so I expect some challenges to be made there. Like I, like I said, I still think UT is a shoe in for that Brave Gate. I don't know who's going to challenge Shimizu and KZ, but we'll see. KZ's got a busy December ahead of him as he's going over to Noah soon to challenge for the junior tag. So we'll see what happens with all that. Uh, thoughts? Anything you want to add? Uh, I mean, I think you summed it up pretty well. I think that was probably one of my top favorite men's matches that I've seen this year. It helps that I like both of the wrestlers anyway. Yeah. But, you know, I think, to be fair, I think Yuki Oshoku is probably going to be my top wrestler of the year. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, not making it a secret anymore. He's definitely going to finish <laughs> at the top of mine. It's crazy because... Like, he's cause... Just been so solid all year. Yeah, so it's crazy to think. This time last year, we were talking about him unmasking as Daya Inferno, and then he returns to himself in January and forms a tag team. And just, it's been a steady upward trajectory all year, and he's just the man now. So it's, it's really good to see. It's a fast journey, but it all feels organic in a sense. Because realistically, they pushed him hard when him and Daya formed a tag team. They won the belts immediately. He didn't get pinned until, like, one of the final shows before uh, Kobe World. He won King of Gate. He ran through so many people. He's won the Dream Gate. He's beaten challenger after challenger. But it all feels organic and worth it. 
Yeah, so, I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's all I get, really got to say about that. So let's go ahead and get to our questions. I've got a few here. I got, I got a few. I even reached out to my cousins to get some. Uh, I'll do mine first. And I'll let you go with uh, the ones you have. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll finish it. Uh, so first one, DDT is having a. They're going to crown new tag champions. So who, Marwan asked, who would we have as the new tag champions in DDT? I don't know who's uh, a tag team in DDT. <laughs> Uh, my only two options that I want to see is Sasaki and Cannon or Yuji Hino and Makoto Oishi. Oh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably say, um, the Domination TA team. Yeah. All right, that's a pretty straightforward question. All right, now let's get into Jinx's questions. Oh, this is a fun one. If you could have a meal with, have a meal with one wrestler, who would it be and what meal would you have? Hmm. Hmm. It's tough. Uh, I would eat the Sendai Rice Farm Rice Balls with Chihiro Hashimoto. Thank you. All right. All right. <laughs> I take it you're not going to um, explain. That, what, what needs to be explained? <laughs> That's my answer. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, I would have... Oh, you know what I really fancy at the moment? It's fish and chips. When do you Which not? You're British. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Uh, you know what? I feel like someone that would really appreciate fish and chips is uh, Saki Kashima. Probably. I feel. I feel like she'd. she'd if not, uh... she would post pictures with it. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like she'd like the uh, the newspaper it comes wrapped in. Oh yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, that, uh, that's my answer. So the other question they had is listening to any K-pop. Or music lately? Uh, a little bit. I listen to K-pop, but... I don't... I've been, like, so busy with finals week stuff that I've been more so listening to podcasts, uh, but I listen to music whenever I'm driving, really, but I haven't been, like, actively seeking out new music. Uh, I've started to listen to some K-pop, but not a lot. That'll change next year when I have more time, so... Yeah, but I don't know. Do, do I need to explain, or can I just say yes? I listen to K-pop. Yeah, or you can talk about any new music you listen to, whatever. Uh, I mean, I'd... it's like Spotify on shuffle, and then ah, go about fair. my day. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I get it. Uh, Velch asked, ah. How will you celebrate uh, the school ending? Oh, that's to me. And Naito getting his recognition by Western voter base for the WAN Hall of Fame. I was going to say, well, I've not been in school for about seven years. <laughs> yeah. That, what, so that's a fucking lie. That's a, that's a lie. When we started, <laughs> when we, this, when we started this, you were about to graduate. <laughs> uh, no, I've, uh, no, I graduated four years ago. What the fuck were you in school for when we started this? <laughs> oh, I was just doing something else at that point. I was like oh, studying gotcha. something, so it's not like actual like what you're doing that yeah. I graduated like four years ago. Alright, fair. Uh, nice thing we already talked about. Well deserved. Uh, school anything? 
Uh, it's crazy because we're probably the dumbest podcast around, but we both have <laughs> degrees now, so suck it. Nobody, not many yeah. people can claim that. Which I'll do. How many, how many wrestling fans can claim that? Yeah, y'all, y'all not doing it like us. We may be stupid, but ain't nobody doing it like us. Yeah, academically, you know, where I mean, I barely graduated, but <laughs> I did too. Like, legitimately, I was one point failing, but she was like, "I'll round your grade up." I was like, "Cool." Thanks, thanks for that. I, I mean, I got a two-two, so that's um, not the worst. It's fail third, two-two, two-one first. So I've got a second-class degree. Yeah, I do too. At, I got associates, a, uh, which is uh, under. What is it? Uh, yeah, somewhat. It's it's like bachelor's and master's and then associates. So it's like yeah. It's yeah, only have, lower ones, but it's still, you know, college degree. Yeah, I have my uh, Bachelor of Arts in Sports Journalism at a gold-rated university in England. Yeah, Shout I don't out. I don't like paying money to do stuff that I don't like, so I'm probably not going to go get a bigger degree, but, you know, it is whatever. Yeah, that, uh, was, a, that was a lovely 60 grand I'm never going to get back. <laughs> yeah, so you have fun paying that. All right, so I have, like, four questions from my cousin, so let me get in this. Uh, best finisher names. Bold of uh, you to assume I know the name of anybody's finisher. Uh, I'm gonna have to think. Let me best finisher names. I'm trying to think of the names. The names, the names is the part that throws me off. Like I know moves, but like specific names. Uh, oh, oh like... you know, you know what finisher name I like. This is like so basic, but I really like um, Bianca Belair's KOD name. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I like Pinche Loco by El Desperado, which is just fucking crazy in Spanish. Uh, there's another one I was just thinking of that I really, really liked, and it, it's nothing crazy, but I'll, I was like, oh, I like that. Oh, uh, which we call it? I do like the uh, name, the Peach Sunrise for Momo's suplex joint. Oh yeah, that that's um, a good one. That that's a good one. I'm trying to think. Yeah, honestly, there's like a quite a few good ones. Um, what you gonna call it? Shining Wizard's always been a badass name. <laughs> I don't know what makes it a Shining Wizard, but it's I really like that name. Um, I think that's it. I think that. I'll I'll say that's it for now. If I if I get any in my head, I'll pop I'll pop it out there, but. Oh, you know what's you know what's a good one? Um, uh, the Oblivion that Liv Morgan does and how it's spelled out like. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Amazing yeah. creative. Genius. Ooh, uh, Yohei had the uh, bamboo dragonfly he used to do. That was oh, that's pretty cool, cool name. Yeah. Um, KZ has the uh, ACH dive that he named Mission Impossible. Uh, that's a good one. Oh, and Pentagon has the Fear Factor. That that one kicks ass. I like that. Uh, so we'll go with those. Um, angles are stories that were unfinished or looked like they were headed in one direction and just didn't. The mm. um, high-speed tournament by stardom. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm trying to think in history if there's anything that I remember off the top of my head. Um, 
Oh, um, when Vince McMahon got blew up in that limo and they didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. We mentioned this last week as well. I swear. <laughs> yeah, we probably did, but yeah, he got blew up in a limo, and then Chris Benoit had an idea, and they said, "Yeah, we gotta not do this," and then they ran a tribute show that should not have happened. But yeah, that. Because uh, I, I really don't know where that was headed. Like, legitimately. Like, what were yeah, they going to do? Where could they have gone with that of killing Vince McMahon? Like, yeah. were they just going to be like, in two months' time, JK's. Oh, he life. faked his death to, like, evade taxes or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, in WCW, there was this white Hummer angle. It happened in 99 to, like, 2000. So it still hadn't hit, like, its dirt end, but it was getting there. Uh, sounds dirt end to me with that (laughs) no so there was this white hummer that like crashed into kevin nash's car and they kept on like bringing it up every now and then and then it randomly returned on a nitro during the new blood storyline and like eric bischoff was driving it but there was no way he was actually driving it when it hit kevin nash but they never really revealed who did it so there's that um Mm, I'm trying to think if there's any more that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, maybe I should think about Pyro. What about American wrestling? Let me think about Pyro, see if there's anything I can remember. Uh, I mean, the one I have in my head kind of goes into this next question, so I'll go ahead and get to that one. Uh, biggest what ifs? Um, think a lot about the all japan exodus uh when masao went and formed noah uh if that like didn't happen and they just kind of submitted to whatever mrs baba wanted like junior heavyweight wrestling probably wouldn't have took the jump that it did kenta and marfuji probably would have never blew up and be as big as they did uh it's just a lot of like what would happen type deals um also, like, what if, you know, TNA actually just paid AJ Styles the same money that he was already making? Because I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you know this, but, like, when he left TNA to, like, go to Japan and all that, all he was asking for was the same money he was already making. And they were like, nah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, he was all for staying. He didn't want to go nowhere. And it was like, I just want to make the same money. And they were like, no. Oh, fair uh, enough. But I, I'm, I'm glad he left though, because the the New Japan run was fucking great. So I'm glad he I'm glad he left. But I do think about that. Uh, also, like, what if WCW like never went out of business? That, that's yeah. that's probably like the biggest one, because like my dad was a developmental wrestler in WCW at the end. So like, I don't know, could have had an end of WCW, man. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So the final question I got before we get into yours. Uh, any predictions for 2023 in wrestling? Uh, um, I don't think I've got anything in, in mind. I just hope that... I hope Stardom picks themselves up. Yeah. And does something. I guess my prediction would be Dragon Gate and TJPW are going to come out swinging hard and just building on the momentum they already have. Um, another prediction... Um... This is kind of a shot in the dark. Listen, I don't have any scoops or anything, but I'll say 
some New Japan talents will leave New Japan next year. Um, I will also say that this is a bold prediction because there's no way that it's going to happen, but Stardom and TJPW will work together in some way, shape, or form. And there's a KOD Openweight Championship match on AEW TV. That's my bold predictions. Oh, yeah, I could, I could believe the, uh, the KOD. Yeah. Match on um, AEW. And you know, I make this prediction every year, so I'm going to do it again this year. Casey wins the Open the Dreamgate Championship. <laughs> Probably won't happen, but I'll make the prediction every year until it happens. So, yeah, biggest biggest prediction you can. And have. you know what? I'll go one step. I'll go one step more. He'll win the Open the Dreamgate Championship, and his first challenger will be Akira Tozawa. Going all in. Hell yeah! Got anything crazy you want to throw out there just for fun? Uh, I'll say, you know what, fuck it, I'll say Sasha Banks will uh, wrestle in stardom. Yeah. That's my bold prediction. My bold prediction is she says nah. (laughs) (laughs) Bold prediction, she goes back to WWE. Yeah, bold prediction, they realize that Naomi is not as in high demand as Sasha is, so... (laughs) Actually... You know what? Bold prediction after seeing who Naomi was hanging out with this uh, this she could be on weekend. yeah she could be in I'll say AEW I I think Naomi could could kill it in AEW that's possible since she's cool with Jade I could possibly see her being involved in yeah add her uh, into the baddies like that that would be sick that'd be crazy yeah get rid of Layla Gray because she's not good at wrestling so <laughs> <laughs> in fact just have Jade and Naomi as a team and like have them as the baddies. Nah, I Maybe was kind of cool. Hergen. Nah, she got but... kicked out. <laughs> Alright, well that's mine, so go ahead to the ones you got. Uh, do you want to start something normal or something that sounds insane? Whichever you want. I'm all I'm game for whatever. Okay, one of them... <laughs> uh, how can Cody stop racism via wrestling? He's already done it. He's already done it. I'm not as a... Everything so, in civil rights activist. Everything in American pro wrestling is related to Cody. The main AEW title program right now is between two of his guys that he brought in. Yeah, that's true. I'm not even lying at this point. Like, I don't know how he does it, but somehow things just circle back to him. <laughs> somehow Cody accidentally made himself the most important person in wrestling. Yeah, essentially. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll go for a normal a normal sounding question. Uh, it's kind of a good one actually. Where is mm-hmm. the line? Where does the line start and end of a wrestler being underappreciated? A true underappreciated wrestler is one that everybody or most people are aware of, but they're not given rightful recognition by fans. Yeah. Yeah. Ishii stopped being underappreciated a long time ago because he started winning all these awards and people are like, oh, he's the best wrestler in the world. You don't, you're not underrated anymore. People are aware of how good you are. I think that's the same with like Cesaro as well. Like I'm, I'm yeah. quite a big fan of Cesaro, but everybody was saying, oh, he's so underappreciated. No, like, so underappreciated, it, never think, but... he was underappreciated by his company. Everybody was aware yeah. that he was good. <laughs> There's 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 a difference between being underappreciated and underutilized. Yeah. And people and blur people those get them all the time. Confused. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, okay. Uh, why have so many women wrestlers started wearing those straps around their thighs to make their asses look bigger? I'll let you answer. I'm not a woman. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. As as a uh, as a woman, um, just just let us look like we have bigger asses, please, and don't. May okay. Do honestly, <laughs> my honest answer is maybe they think it's a good fit for the gear. That's just my. Opinion. Yeah, that's honestly that's what I think. I think with most gears having something on the thigh, I think it just work. does it. I think it just does it, and they don't realize it. They're just looking at it as like, oh, this would look good on gear. That's just my yeah. look. Because, I mean, I follow a lot of people who, like, um, do, like, sketches for gears. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has got, like, stuff on the thighs. I think it just adds to the overall gear. So, I don't, I don't think they're doing it on purpose to make their ass look huge. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where I'm coming from. Uh, I'll go for a semi-normal question uh why do wrestling fans hate wrestling so much uh the best analogy i can come up with is being in a relationship with somebody you really love and y'all been together for like quite a long time that y'all just start hating each other but deep down you're just like you love it so much that it's kind of like one of those tough love things um Better the devil, you know. Yeah. Um, also, could just be contributed is fans could just be frustrated. I think that's just normal. Like, I've been burned out and frustrated with wrestling so many times that mm. I think it's just normal. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely gone through times where I've I've just straight up stopped watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there's some fans that like they just watch it out of habit. Yeah, and they don't know what else to do because they, that's probably the and I think, hobby that they have. And this might sound funny coming from us who are writers and do podcasts as well, but I think that a lot of people just now look at wrestling as if they are like Dave Meltzer or something and just yeah look at it from that aspect instead of going, I might enjoy this. Let me watch it and just see what happens. Yeah, I think people take too much of like an analytical mind. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, sometimes I just like watching wrestling that's, like, stupid. Yeah, that's, and... why, that's why we watch stupid <laughs> stuff. We watch yeah. bad wrestling all the time just because it's fun. This, this is why, we, you know, when we're looking for shows, I'm like, oh, Rebel Kel had this match, let's watch this. And then she wrestles, like, Bambi on ice. Because yeah, it's exactly. funny. <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, I think that's, like, the best answer is people look at it from an analytical standpoint yeah. too much and just don't think of it as some people have lost that feeling of being a fan and they just feel mm-hmm. oh i'm a journalist now i feel like you can toe the line if you want to be a journalist you can also enjoy wrestling just kind of how it is yeah <laughs> i mean like i had um a training match a couple of weeks ago and literally it was a serious match in the middle of it i ran out the ring and threw a football at my parents head yeah see you gotta have fun <laughs> you gotta have fun you know um Another question. Uh, what do you see as the major uh, as the downsides of the major wrestling companies? We'll so, we'll say like New Japan, WWE, AW. Okay. Stardom. I okay. Guess. So, so we're gonna kill with those as the big okay. Um, stardom. 
they're just too comfortable. Stardom and New Japan have a very similar issue of uh, where they're just too comfortable being the top company yeah. in their respective fields, both men and women, that they just don't try. And they have two different issues. New Japan is the desperate need to break into the international market, so they just want to push all these bad foreigners and neglect their native talent and fans sometimes. Mm. Stardom, Rossi just makes terrible booking decisions a lot. Like, he gets praised a lot, but he honestly just makes god-awful booking decisions a lot. And that's okay. That's most You won't find a perfect booker anywhere. Uh, And that's really his biggest issue. That, and I... mm, I don't think that the model that they went for when they got under Bushy Road of just running a bunch and bunch of shows is good. Yeah, you're making money, but also you're going to run out of ideas of what to do eventually. So it's just kind of... Yeah, I'd I'd probably say that was probably like New Japan and Stardom's one of their biggest downfalls is they run shows so often. That they've they they've just run out of matches to do, and not all of them are house shows either. They're just like yeah, for people to see all the time. So it's yeah, crazy. like how many uh, big pay per views have Stardom done recently, like this year? Yeah, exactly. like they do at least like two or three a month, I think. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Stardom experts will let us know. Um, yeah. WWE, it's just relying it's a, on old. <laughs> no, it's just. How do I put this? It has this vision and want to be the monopoly of pro wrestling, but it'll oh, never yeah. be that, especially not nowadays. And then also, the product is just bad. This is how it is. They, I don't know. And it's probably because most of the people sitting in the writer's room are these old fuckheads who some of them never been in the ring and some of them only got over like one time in a career, Road Dog, Michael PSAs. Um, and they just have this idea of what it takes to get over and yada yada. They don't truly understand current day pro wrestling. That's just what it is. Yeah. AEW. Mm, AEW's in a weird spot to where they do a lot of good stuff, but it's also hampered by them doing a lot of bad. I think Tony Khan's just a very inconsistent booker. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably the, one of the biggest downsides is the inconsistency. Like, AEW will have, like, a stretch where they're, like, really good and you want to see what's happening, and then they'll have a period where, like, you just don't care what they're doing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm not really interested in what's happening in the minute. Or it'll be like, they sometimes they drag stories on for too long. That and... Sometimes he has a bad case where the people he likes get most of the TV time every week, a.k.a. Chris Jericho. Uh, Mm. And a lot of people are left off TV and just not featured anywhere. So I think we've said it like a thousand times, but like they have people like Emin Sakura who is on YouTube. I don't think she's ever had a TV match. Not since coming back this time. Yeah, so... Uh, it all just those does things. Big downside: all, the women in AEW as well. I think it'll get better next year because the ROH TV deal is definitely coming. It's definitely here. Yeah, they'll definitely announce that soon. I think you have a lot of people who are mainstays on that YouTube show who don't get TV time, like Emmy, who can benefit by being on an ROH TV product every week. Yeah. Well, I, I think. Let me just like 
explain why the women are the downside as well. Yeah. Because he he doesn't put any effort into them. And the women are over. Like you can you can see it with like, you know, Sheeta, Jay. I'm gonna keep it a buck. He they're just like so determined to putting all the bad women on TV, it's like crazy. Yeah. Like, oh they're like, Oh, here goes Sky Blue, Ty J, Britt Baker. Here's Madison Rain. He's like they are like so committed to putting all the bad people or really green people on TV when you have like veterans that are like good and can go and you can put on yeah. TV. I mean I and like, like I like Ty J team, but And they're like a lot of talented indie women that are also available, like Trisha Dora and people like that that you could also use. So it's mm. kind of like, eh. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean with that. Um, have some more. I've got uh, opinions on NXT in its current form compared to when they were under Triple H. Well, when they were under Triple H, they kept on running Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, who both suck, and I just would want to not do anything with my life. <laughs> um, now, they're very character-oriented, and they simply, they're back to the original model of, they're not looking for pro wrestlers, they're looking for athletes to yeah. eventually become pro wrestlers. And I find it funny that Regal's going back, because that was one of his biggest criticisms about the 2.0 era, is... Mm-hmm. That him, Hideki Suzuki, Robbie Brookside, and Timothy Thatcher would have a ring to themselves, just like grappling and training, and nobody wanted to like come train or anything. They'd just be on their phone or doing whatever. Uh, so that's the problem with wanting to take these athletes and just turning them into wrestlers. Yeah, However, I mean, I, I think I, I was, think I was when say, the, yeah, when there's an effort there by them, that the model works. Take, of course, I mean. Rick Stein, uh, Braun Breaker, he's he was destined to be good it's in his genes, yeah. but he put in the work to get better. Uh, the Creed Brothers, they took ass kickings from Hideki Suzuki religiously to get good. <laughs> and if the effort's there, the model works, but you're getting paid think... all this money, you're yeah. just going to come in to try to get your check, <laughs> especially if you're coming from the world of sports. I mean... I think there's like, there's been a lot of good come from like the new NXT, like NXT 2.0. Like, yeah, for sure. I think, like, for example, Mandy Rose, like, I, I liked Mandy Rose anyway, but I really think she has really improved under this model of NXT when she wouldn't have under the Triple H model, in my opinion. No. Even like, if she they've... might not be up to scale with the other wrestlers in the company, yeah. she's better than what she probably would be. Yeah, like that, um, that, was it a four-way match that had Mandy, Mako, was it B and... That was a three-way. Oh, it was three-way. I was thinking Kelly Ray was in the match for some reason. But yeah, that, that was a good match. She had a really good match with Kelly Ray. Like, she's getting better under the 2.0 model more than she would have under Triple H's model. So I think it does work for some people. Like I quite liked the whole um, the index storyline with Indy mm-hmm. and Dexter Loomis. That was like one of my favorite things from NXT 2.0. But like the Triple H era, that was just kind of trying to be the indie wrestling that was popular at, at the time. Yeah. Before we get into like other the rest of the questions, I think the biggest plus of the HBK era is in Triple H's era, he was trying to engulf the indie scene. Yeah. 
HBK is not afraid to take risks. He's just like, all right, whoever we get, we're going to make it work. And I haven't, I was reading an interview that Roxanne Perez did, who was Roxy on the Indies. She was just like, yeah, they. he just came up to me and said, we're just going to throw you out there and see what happens. Which that, I wish more companies would take that type of approach with literally any situation. That's yeah. just the most natural way to figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, that's what I like about, like, NXT 2.0 is they'll literally just throw anything out there. If it doesn't work, then that's fine. And if it works, they'll keep going with it. So, but with the Triple H model, it was kind of just every single good wrestler from the Indies. I saw this there. PWG match the other week. You better go do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was literally just uh, PWG, but in real time and not six months later. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my thoughts. Uh, let's see. Okay, I'll do. I'll do two more. Gotcha. Um, uh, what promotions do you think deserve to have more eyes on it outside of the the big major ones? Like Dragon you need to Gate. Stardom. Yeah, Dragon Gate for sure. Hydrogen. Uh, Seedling. If, if Gleet can get back to being consistent, they're always going to be a great watch. Gone Pro is probably I'll put Gone Pro above Dragon Gate because at least people are aware of Dragon Gate. Nobody's really uh, aware of Gone Pro, and they honestly do yeah. a lot of great stuff. And like the vibes are just immaculate. Uh, Wave can be fun. Of course, there's times where it's kind of like eh, but Wave can be really fun. I think, of course, Sendai Girls probably deserves a lot more attention, and they're probably going to get that now. But yeah. I'd probably say just any Joshi company that isn't Stardom and TJPW. I mean, I know Ice Ribbon is nigh on yeah. impossible to watch, but... Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, PPP Tokyo as well. I don't know. <laughs> they got to stop. But if they stop booking Joji uh, Otani, I'll come watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching this fucking pedophile. <laughs> um... Well, yeah, we'll go with those. Um, I'm trying to think if there any more that I can think of. The stuff I have seen from, like, Big Japan looks good, but I haven't really dove into it. So, maybe yeah, I'll... Yeah, I like, I like a few of the shows. They're not one that I, like, watch yeah. much. It's just, like... I know I'm not going to miss anything because, like, anytime I see a show being advertised, I know it's going to be some combination of Strong BJ, Okami, and Astronauts for the tag titles or something. <laughs> it's like, or Daisuke Sakamoto versus Yuji Okabayashi or Takuya no more. So, like, I just know. We'll see. Honestly, if Pro Wrestling Zero One had, like, a viable way to watch, they'd be so much fun to watch because they have a lot of oh, good yeah. young talent. Like, even those two shows we watched on uh, Wrestling Universe whenever they ran there have a lot of good talent to work with so yeah so there's honestly a lot of options i think that's the beauty of current pro wrestling is there's so many options that you'll eventually run across something you like yeah i mean i don't really watch british wrestling so i can't really say watch this company or I don't nah, watch I american wrestling so i can't really watch this company oh but... i'll uh i'll plug west coast pro since i went there and i'm going back in may for the Queen of Indies tournament. I'll plug them because show was really good. 
vibes for the most part are really good. I don't really watch many indie companies because I'm usually by the end of the show I'm just like rolling my eyes like I don't know why I watch this but that's one of the ones where I was just like oh this is actually like good <laughs> that's crazy uh, final final question uh, what do you, what do you think the wrestling fans attention span is nowadays do you think in order to have memorable wrestling in this era there has to be a 60 minute classic that was in quotations or is it more beneficial to lower that expectation and keep matches at a maximum of 20 minutes to potentially keep the casual consumer engaged? I think it varies. I think that's the problem with trying to figure that out is like it varies so much that some people do like the long broadways, but more people mm-hmm. are focused on the small compact matches. Yeah, because I mean, me, I personally prefer matches... I say this like every single week if they're like less than 20 minutes. Yeah. If you can give me a good match in like 10 to 15 minutes. If there's a good story that you're telling, I don't mind them going longer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like I'm pretty sure Yoshioka and much as a human, like 24, but the story is good. So I was like, cool. Um, If there's a good story, I don't mind stretching it out a little bit longer, but. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of most long matches because I feel like they hit a brick wall and don't know what to do so they're just kind of like trying to they're like running around with a a chicken with their head cut off they just don't know what they're gonna do yeah it's like they're trying to fill in the space that they need you can find like the if you look at any match 30 minutes and above you can find the exact point where they're about to start hitting their rest spots because they got to get to this 30 minute time limit yeah which is fine Dry, you know, slower. If you think there's so much trainers of these, like if you think you're going slow, go slower. But when you when you're getting to like matches that are like forty, fifty, sixty minutes long, where are you going? <laughs> like how how are you gonna you know? It's like it's like meant to be like a peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. where there's only so much you can do until you're going over the same thing over and over again. Like, there's been some matches that I liked that were long. I think it was at Kano and Nakajima that was, like, yeah, 60, 60 minutes long. That um, I liked. I also Okada think it just, and Omega, no. I <laughs> also think it's a style thing. If the match doesn't have a style that you like, then you're just not going to enjoy yeah. it regardless. Yeah, because it's like, people really revere Okada and Omega's matches. I'm not one of them people. I'll say that those matches did absolutely zero for me. But I really liked Kano and Nakajima. So I think it depends. Like, depends yeah. what sort of match that you like watching. But nobody's going to be satisfied with anything in wrestling. Yeah. Like I said, like I said all the time, I think, it, I think I said it on here when I was breaking down both Okada and Osprey. Or I may have said it on Twitter where I was like, oh, Okada hasn't been good in years. But that's just my personal take. Because, like, it's. Mm so formulamatic but he's like at a point where unless like you're naito or tanahashi it's so painfully obvious uh <laughs> and then like osprey's doing like the greatest hits of some of the best wrestlers of all time like half is good and just with no substance they just exist <laughs> um it's just like this is whatever you think and it's your personality that's the thing about wrestling everything's subjective you can have an opinion you can argue about the opinions, but at the end of the day, they're opinions. You're not, yeah. Your opinion could get shifted, but some people, that's not going to happen. 
You're going to stick to your strong belief and you're going to believe what you're going to believe. Uh, like, I don't know, like, as far as the first part of the question, what the actual attention, attention span is, don't know. Like, no. I don't, I think it's non-existent. Because, like, I know my attention span is, like, terrible. So it's, but I can, like, yeah, sit same. and watch, like, I don't watch anything. But, like, my attention span is terrible. So I don't know, like, the concrete answer to that. I don't know if there is one, but we kind of went through our explanations of what our outtake was. Yeah. Um, which, man, that, I mean, those are some good questions. I'm not going to lie. Those good questions. Yeah, so, some it's of them probably... are a bit unhinged, and I can't repeat them for the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'll I'll learn about them afterwards. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is one of our better Q&As. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. Uh, and it was like questions that we could put some actual substance to. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Uh, it was fun. I wish we would have got to the Sendai show, but I'm I'm happy with what we did end up with. Uh, yeah, we'll do hope, it another day. <laughs> yeah, maybe next week if we can find it. Because there's we're, we're at that part in December in Pira where nothing's happening until that final week. So... Uh, yeah, hopefully it won't be like that elusive uh, Sauri and Stephanie Vakir match. If not, we're going to go hunt for that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, sir, I think that's, I think everything's happening that week, so I won't, I'll look for stuff, but there's no promises of what'll happen. Uh, but as always, we're going to continue to do our best and see you next time.